0: Is the morning sports desk for Wednesday, August second? Well, Corey, the Twins finally snapped their five-game losing streak and uh, finally got back into the win column last night uh, with a three-to-two victory against. The St. Louis Cardinals. Pablo Lopez goes six innings, only gives up one run, and uh, strikes out five. Uh, and really, just good to get back in the win column.
1: Uh yeah. Donovan Solano got the pinch hit, two RBI double. That kind of gave the the Twins the lead for good. They snapped their five game losing skid. Um, it's just just wins are the kind of the most important thing right now for for this team. I know that's oversimplifying it, but You can't get swept by Kansas City, and you can't be losing games to a pretty bad St. Louis team. So, go ahead and just rack up some Ws.
0: Yeah, by the way, a St. Louis team that sold a lot at the trade deadline. They traded about three or four guys yesterday. Uh, We'll get to that in a second, but yeah, a good opportunity. I mean, kind of by the skin of your teeth a little bit, but at the end of the day, they do get the win. Donovan Solano comes up big. A good pinch hit call by Rocco. He pulls Gallo for Solano with two outs and runners on second and third, and Donnie Barrels just lines it right up the middle, so uh, a good call there. Uh, one thing uh, I do want to touch on with this game, and then we can talk trade deadline stuff for the rest of uh, the sports desk, is that with the Twins, uh, I, there's been a lot of make about the Luisa Rise for Pablo Lopez swap, and I think what's really happened is I think that there's been a lot of, I mean, there's frustration, obviously, over the trade because Arise is hitting three seventy four. Right now, for Miami, uh, the Marlins are still in wild card contention. Uh, like, there's a lot of frustration over just losing Luis Arise, and we've touched on that throughout a lot of episodes. But I will say, there feels to be a, a certain part of the fan base that wants to take losing Arise, not necessarily out on the front office, but they kind of want to. They really want to highlight whenever Pablo Lopez struggles, and I really just want to give a shout out to Pablo Lopez because he has. I know the ERA is at about four, but. He's been pitching really well this year, and he's a guy who you. And is he ace caliber? Not quite there, but he did stop the Twins on a five game losing streak by pitching six innings of one run ball, and that's what you want a top of the line starter to do. Uh, Pablo Lopez is 13th in baseball in innings pitched. Uh, he's also third in baseball in strikeouts. So uh, even though the ERA is at four, and that's kind of an indicator of what he's done so far. The thing going forward is he's striking out a lot of guys. He's pitching a lot of innings and overall been generally effective for the twins this season. One
1: of the unfortunate things that comes from um, trading high on someone Mm -hmm. is, well, you have to guess. You have to guess when you're trading high on someone. You have to assume that when you're trading that person, they're never going to do it again, right? Right. Um, arises off a, a batting title. Yep, and um, batting titles are not easy to come by. And some, it's I guess it's easy to assume that that is is potentially going to be the most outstanding performance and year of his entire career. Mm-hmm. Even though he is a young guy, sometimes to get something to make your team better, you have to take a chance. That the guy you're, you have to get rid of something good in the first place, but you also have to get, you have to hope that that guy never does it ever again. Right. Um, the opposite has happened with Arise. He's been even better this year than he was a season ago. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. I think we both really liked Arise. The hardest part about this trade is. Actually not the, the Lopez part. So anybody who's crying foul on Pablo Lopez I don't think is is paying attention to the right things. Mm-hmm. The saddest part about Luis, losing Luis Arise is this team can't hit. Right. And that's the huge part. Lopez has nothing to do with this. I, I think he's been, um, at the worst points of this season, he's been good. Yeah. And he's been better than good. Every other part of the season, so from that standpoint, it, it's hard to lose a guy, li- a guy like Arise, especially when he's bouncing back after uh, with an even better year this year than he had a year ago. Right, but that's that's missing the they guessed wrong on Arise, and this team can't hit. It's a bad look.
0: Yeah, it's a bad look in that aspect, and it's not necessarily judging the trade, but it's more fans who are kind of like they feel like Pablo Lopez should be like going every single inning pitching seven innings of one-run ball. And I guess it's just my thing of like, there's a certain segment of the fan base that is taking their frustrations about the trade. Instead of taking it out on the front office or on the team generally, they take it out kind of on Pablo Lopez and they kind of wait for any chance they can get to, to do that. And I think this is just my defense of Pablo Lopez. He's been pretty darn good this year. I know there's a lot of people that are upset they traded Jose Barrios, but basically Pablo Lopez is Jose Barrios with a little bit higher ceiling at he's this point. He's been better than anything they ever got out of Barrios. Exactly. That's that's kind of the level that he's at. And by the way, making the same amount of money that Jose Barrios wanted so, or at least the Twins extended him to the money that Barrios wanted. They didn't pay Barrios. Instead, they paid Pablo Lopez right. for the next three years. So, that, The
1: counterpoint to that, though, is would you have ever traded Luisa Rice for Jose Barrios? Absolutely not. Yeah. So that's the counterpoint that's worth
0: mentioning. High-end starting yeah. pitching is just hard to come by. I think that's the— Right. And there's the critique of the Twins haven't developed it in-house and they've had to trade for it. I, I get that critique to a point. Uh, at the same time, Cleveland doesn't develop all of these starters in-house either. They don't draft all those guys. They trade for them. Tampa Bay doesn't get every every single star player from Tampa Bay wasn't somebody they drafted or signed and cultivated. They sometimes had to trade guys for them. And they never stay there.
1: Yeah. So you either develop a guy to have him leave at the at the midway point or sooner in his career, mm-hmm. or you go out and get somebody at, at about that same stage. It's all... I don't know, there's just too many too many moving pieces. To It'd be nice to develop a good pitcher right. every once in a while. But you know what? They've got a lot of young hitters that they've developed over the
0: last few years, too. Exactly. So this moves into kind of the next uh, segment of the Sports Desk, which is talking about the trade deadline. And, uh, Corey, uh, quick, think fast. How many moves did the Twins make? Zero. Ah, yeah, zero. Uh, they made absolutely no moves at the trade deadline uh, yesterday. Uh, Derek Falvey, uh, to his credit, uh, he hopped on a Zoom call with the reporters after the trade deadline, and I'm just going to go through a couple quotes and you just tell me, Corey, what you feel like on a gut level. Uh, so this is uh, this is kind of his headline, Falvey's message to the fans. He said, what I would say to the fans and what I feel in this group is that we believe this roster is capable of continuing to compete for this AL Central Championship and ultimately beyond. We've seen stretches of our performance as a team that we think uh, can do that. I don't think that uh, that there were clear opportunities here and that we felt were going to be achievable based on the conversations that we were having. That would change that significantly. So I feel like we think this is a good roster. We think this is a good team. We believe in it. We believe in this group that's in the clubhouse, which is a translation of saying, gosh darn it, guys, we believe in you. And please hit because Buxton and Correa really haven't been hitting. And we're like, the core of this is the Twins' top two guys who they're expecting to carry this offense haven't carried this offense. So if those guys can pick it up, hey, we're sitting in pretty good position.
1: I don't have um, as big of a, a gut reaction and a strong reaction to this entire situation as, as you do. I'm surprised they didn't do anything um, because I do think there was, you know. A, maybe some lateral moves to make in which we can get yeah. into the details of that here in a second. But, um, you really seem to be flummoxed by this whole thing. So let's introduce another segment of CJ Baumgardner and bombs away. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> that was my bomb sound effect. Does that, uh, wow. yeah, very is that, good. does that do anything for you? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so here's my thing about the trade deadline with the twins. Uh, I was talking to the about this with Dan uh, uh, earlier last hour, and I said, you know, like last year's trade deadline, the Twins went out and they got a, a cup, they got a high-end starting pitcher, they got an extra bullpen arm, and they got uh, I can't remember who else they trade. It was a big trade deadline. they got uh, a, 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 a Jorge Lopez. Jeez, yep. uh, they got Jorge Lopez, and they got Tyler Malley, and they got Sandy Leone, and they got Michael Fulmer. It was a big trade deadline. For the twins. A high end bullpen pitcher was what they thought they were getting. And a high end starting pitcher in Tyler Malley is what they thought they were getting. And sure. a good like on paper it was a good trade deadline. And at the time, uh I was out here crediting the twins for being aggressive. And I still do credit the twins for being aggressive even back then, even though the move moves blew up. But at the same time, that Chris that's like a Christmas where you get a new bike. You get a, a, a nice bicycle. And then you go to this Christmas or this trade deadline, which you're like, I don't need that. I just need barn socks and underwear. Like, the, my, my list is very small and practical. And then you go to your stocking on Christmas morning and it's empty. And they say, Wow, we think the underwear and socks you have are good right now. I'm like, there's holes in them. And that's kind of where I'm at. Does that analogy work? Is that making sense, Corey? Yeah, that's, I, think that's,
1: uh, I think that's totally fine. There were, um, maybe not in ne- the other things that you got a year ago weren't a necessity. Mm-hmm. But you got them because they're and they were fun. This year, there's maybe some necessary moves to make, and you didn't. Even though it's not as exciting, right? Uh, you didn't get the necessities. Um, I don't know if there is anything out there, and and you can maybe fill in the blanks a little more on this. But there, there probably wasn't anything available that necessarily could have made this team. Like, absolutely better, objectively speaking. And that's kind of what Falvey's quote said. But subjectively speaking, there's a lot of left-handed bats in this lineup. And maybe a little more balance, one through nine, is something that could have springboarded this team. Bringing someone in who um, is a right-handed bat, a corner outfielder, Mm -hmm. someone, hey, I'm on a first-place team, and um, they're leading the division – and their two best players haven't done anything yet this year. Maybe I can be the one who helped sort of springboard that into mm-hmm. let's run away with this division. That that potential I, I feel like was out there, and, and the Twins didn't take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. They have the glut of left-handed hitting corner outfielders. There's Gallo, there's Larnick. there's Kirillov there's Kepler, there's Matt Walner, and all five of those guys have kind of rotated through at some point. Now Larnik's in AAA. Kirilov is hurt, but at the same time, uh, coming into the season, they're like they have a lot of them. Are they going to trade Kepler? Are they going to trade Larnick or Kirilov? Like, what's kind of their plan here? And they've just been hoarding all of these guys, and then they come into the season, and oh, it turns out they have too many left-handed hitting corner outfielders. The whole thing with this trade deadline is the Twins are like, well, we can't boot anybody off the twenty-six man roster. Y- you can't, you can't boot anybody off there. This right. team is two games above 500 in a very weak AL central. You're telling me that everybody like this team has been doing such a bang up job that, that, that they don't need any improvement. That's, That's kind of where I'm sticking at. This is a mess of the Twins' own making where they have so many veteran players and even not just left-handed hitting corner outfielders. You have guys like Kyle Farmer, Christian Vasquez, guys who have been fine, but you're kind of stuck. You kind of don't know what to do with them. Guys like Willie Castro and uh, Donovan Solano has been pretty good, but the twins just have a lot. Like they've gotten average production out of them, but nobody that's really moving the needle for you. And you, you don't want to, the twins are a team that does not like to bail on those guys early because they don't want to eat the money. They don't want to cut Joey Gallo and pay him for two months to just go away and not provide anything for them. And to which my case is, why did you use the $11 million to go sign a left-handed hitting corner outfielder in Joey Gallo, and why didn't you sign a right-handed hitting corner outfielder? Like, and with the Twins' bullpen, and they didn't address the bullpen at all. Yoan Duran's running on fumes at this point. They don't Griffin Jax is running on fumes and Emilio Pagan is still up and down. Giovanni Moran is untrustable. Like outside of getting Dylan Floro, which is a fine that's not a bad acquisition. I actually like that one. Getting rid of Jorge Lopez and adding Floro, but they didn't invest in the bullpen this offseason either. And when and we've had this conversation before, Corey, when Buxton is your DH, that's fine in the sense of he's on pace to play over a hundred games this year. He's gonna on pace to probably play like 120 to 140 games this year, which would be his second best in his career and the most games in a season in six years. But he's got a 720 OPS on base plus slugging. That's not what you want out of your DH. And the Twins couldn't add another bat because what are you going to do? You can't bounce Kepler. You can't bounce Gallo. You can't bounce Walner. But at the same time, you can't slide any of them into DH either.
1: The thing about the Buxton, um, a point that's so fascinating to me is, him not playing center field means they're worse defensively, mm-hmm. and him only DHing means whoever is the center fielder has to hit, which means you're worse offensively also. Your team is worse when Byron Buxton is the designated hitter. Imagine he's playing and he's center just field. Not hitting. That's the other, and thing. then on top of it, he's not hitting. So imagine Byron Buxton playing center field and being better defensively, and now you can have a better hitter in a DH spot than Michael A. Taylor. No offense, he's been fine. I I, I have nothing to say poorly about him, but like there's just a lot of weird things about this team and they're two games up in the division. They're going to win the division with 83 games. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the thing. You can't I, I think in the end of this, I think you can't just back into the to the playoffs. I think that just getting in at 84 and 80 or 84 and 78 or whatever it is and then getting swept in the first round of the playoffs again that's just not going to do it for Twins fans. Now, at the end of the day, look, I'll still buy the ticket. Get my team into postseason baseball because it's fun and I want to be a part of it, and it, and that's the aspect of it. But at the same time, I, I'm just not going to feel very excited if they get swept in the playoffs again. It's going to be deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra would say. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, August 2nd.